On today's Court Vision, I have free agent professional basketball player Chris Collins. Chris and I talk about his basketball career and his goal of getting a pro contract. I also touch upon Team USA Basketball and their close win against Turkey today. Let's go! Little too complex. Too complex. Too complex. Today is Wednesday, September 4th, and Team USA basketball barely won today. It was a tough one. They barely beat Turkey in overtime 93-92. This is a tough look for Team USA in the FIBA tournament. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Turkey's no slouch in FIBA, but come on, guys. We usually are the ones that dominate in these tournaments. Um, we go through everybody like it's nothing. And it's kind of tough to watch seeing, uh, you know, our team struggle a little bit. But I know what I get it's FIBA and we don't really put the our best, best top world players out there. But we still have some of the top world players out there still playing for Team USA Basketball. Even though they're a young core group of guys playing together. And, you know, but they're playing under Greg Popovich who has a great system. But we'll see what happens. These guys... Hopefully, need to step up their game. It makes me a little nervous watching them play. Uh, you know, I know they won their first game, I think, by 20. I can't remember who they played against. But, you know, playing against a Turkey, Turkey is no slouch of a team. So, I can only imagine if they make it to the second round, um, the round of 16, if they play a, uh, you know, a Spain or a Serbia, that, that team's going to give them a very hard time. Spain and Serbia is no joke uh, in these FIBA tournaments. These guys play to win, they dominate. As well as if they play in Italy or even in Greece, you know, you have to face the Greek freak. Um, or you have to face in Italy some uh, some great basketball talent out there, even like a Marco Bellinelli, a former NBA player. Um, so it's interesting to watch them play and go through the trials and tribulations of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And, you know, Turkey had a chance to win this game. They, they blew four shots at the end of the game. It's... It's crazy. They had four shots ice a game at the end of regulation, but they weren't able to do it. Then they followed James Ta- uh, Jason Tatum, excuse me, uh, with one second left. He nails a three throw to send it into overtime. So now we're in overtime. He rolls his ankle, unfortunately. The team's still able to pull off a one point victory. You know, where does that lead them? You know, Tatum was one of their best players and has been the leading scorer in the past couple games. Um, hopefully, they are able to come alive and pull away in some games i you know i like to see him win win the whole thing and bring home the gold and you know i'm hoping that this isn't a sign of things to come back when no one wanted to play for team usa back in the mid 2000s and we weren't winning our basketball games we had to have the redeem team which was with kobe bryant lebron james and Kamaral anthony and Dwayne wade and having those guys all on one team which is a lot of fun you know to have the redeem team but you know you want to keep uh, USA basketball as dominant as possible. So we'll see what happens. I predicted that Kimball Walker would still carry this team and have his UConn tournament run through this. I still think you, he's still going to be able to do it. If not, then I'm completely wrong and I'm just making hot takes. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right, so now we're going to get into our interview with Chris Collins. This was a great interview with Chris. Um, I really enjoy this talking to Chris. He's a great guy. Um, he's a hardworking guy. I see a lot of his videos on social media and Instagram, uh, especially on LinkedIn. He's always in the gym shooting, working on his game. Uh, for any kids out there listening, this is a story of the path of, you know, not taking as many 
you know, how do you say it? The path that's not taken, the, the least path taking. Um, you know, he's a great basketball player and is going to get noticed and he's going to get signed. But listen to his story. Listen to how he perseveres. Listen to how he keeps working. Listen to how there's no quit into his voice. Um, it's an awesome interview. It's motivating as all hell to listen to Chris talk about his career and where he wants to be. And he also coaches basketball. And any kid that is lucky to play for Chris... Um, and having him as a coach will hopefully carry on his passion in their game and going forward. You know, awesome interview with Chris. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's the interview with Chris Collins. Uh, on today's Court Vision, I welcome on Chris Collins. He's a free agent, uh, and he also works in youth development, and he's a, tr- a basketball trainer as well. Uh, Chris, welcome on to the show. How are you? Hey, Jeff. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm glad to have you on, man. I'm I'm super happy that we're able to connect on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to have you on. Appreciate it, man. Like I said, I saw you reaching out to me, and um, I always like to respond to anybody that gives me a chance or is interested in my story. So, I, like I said, I really appreciate you having me on today, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, hear about your story and have you on and have you talk about uh, your basketball career and what what you've been through and what you've seen, and uh, just this is exciting. Thank you, man. Thank you. Like I say, I, uh, um, I'm a pretty small-time guy. I keep it, uh, keep it 100 with everyone that I come in contact with. I've had a long journey on this road. Like I said, I just love basketball, but um, I'm one of the stories where it's, you don't get the quick success. It's, uh, it's okay. It's Like I say, it's a long journey, a marathon on this, this basketball ride that people go on, and um, I like to consider myself a prime example of that, man. I uh, Played uh, high school basketball at uh, Chino Hills High School. Uh, graduated from there. Played four years at Cal State Fullerton. Um, did my fifth year at Dominguez Hills. Uh, had a lot of different coaching changes at Fullerton. I had three coaches in four years. Um, really had to, you know, fight my way to, to just getting playing time every year. It's, you know, it's kind of tough when you um, are coming in with a new staff every year and trying to figure out new defensive concepts and new offenses and, um, just new personalities. It kind of, like I say, I wouldn't say determined, but really got me ready for uh, this grind that I'm on now, um, realizing that I can play for anybody and, and handle different situations. That uh, kind of took me into um, preparing myself for what I'm going through now is understanding that when you get to the pro level and, and trying to get there, it's a lot of different personalities and a lot of different types of coaches that are looking for, looking for different things. So, um, last couple of years, like I said, I've just been working out, grinding consistently, trying to gain as much knowledge as I can of the game, um, trying to surround myself with the right people and people I've idolized over the years, and um, really just trying to figure out how to, you know, just perfect my craft. And um, like I said, I want to eventually get to a point where I can say I've done this. And um, kind of like my college graduation, it was just like it was something that I always wanted to do. I wanted to be the first male in my family with a degree and. Um, it was tough, like I said, three coaches in four years, but I, I finally found my way, and um, I'm just glad that I'm uh, able to share my journey with anybody that wants to come into contact with me, man, and um, just cons- share this story of uh, of hardships and uh, consistency to any little kid that's going through the same thing I'm going through where that coach doesn't realize how hard they work or the hours they're putting in is uh, just what I kind of want to say, you know, just keep working, and eventually it'll all come to light. Right, that's right. You know, and I, I'm I'm lucky to have you on honestly because uh, I see a lot of what you post on social media, um, mm-hmm. and how much hard work you put in. I mean, like if anyone, you know, if anyone gets a chance to follow Chris, follow him on LinkedIn, follow him on 
Instagram or uh, Twitter. I mean, this guy, he works his butt off. It works his butt off hard. Um, any, I see all his videos of him shooting. He's always in the gym working hard. And any kid that either, you know, anything that gets him is going to be lucky or any kid that's going to be coached by him is going to be very lucky to have him as their coach. Cause this, this, this man works and he grinds. He's a hard worker. And that's what we love about core vision. We love, we love the guys that grind and work hard and, you know, have different paths of how they get to the professional level and how they get to where they are. And, you know, very lucky to have you on. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. You well, know, let's start with your, um, let's start with your height. Well, let's actually start with this question. So how did you decide mm-hmm. basketball was the sport for you? Where did you, how did this start out? How did your career start out? Uh, honestly, man, my earliest memories of basketball was, uh, I think I was about two, maybe three years old, probably closer to three, honestly. Uh, my dad would take me to the uh, YMCA out here in the city called Pomona, California. Um, and I would be with him basically after every day he got off work. My dad does concrete construction, so he would get off, um, or he still gets off really pretty early in the day, um, pretty much like 12 o'clock or so. He would come pick me up from my grandparents' house, and um, I was in the gym with him and watching him play and um practicing on the side court so those are my first memories of, of actually just playing basketball and loving basketball and then uh, I kind of sort of like I say got older and started watching more games and saw guys like Kobe and Michael Jordan and Penny Hardaway and um, that was kind of like the, the eye-opener for me it was like wow I can look cool like this on TV and make these passes and and create for other guys like that's that's one thing I always um, remembered as being a kid it wasn't so much of, of scoring and you know being the man of this it was just like the poetry and motion of the game and seeing Penny give these dime passes to Horace Grant and Shaq and I'm like man like that looks so cool like I want to do that one day so um, I think that's kind of where my love developed for it um, as in essence uh, I think just over the years it's just grown and, and I've become more infatuated with it by um, just the process of, of being in the gym all the time and understanding if you put in that work, it's, uh, it's going to pay off. And I think also because I'm an only child, I kind of <laughs> really went to basketball is like, you know, my thing to do is like, you know, it's the best sport in the world that you can go play by yourself. You can go outside and just work on your game, like football, the baseball, you have someone else that always wants to catch and, and or has to catch for you. And if dad doesn't feel like doing it or none of your friends can come outside, it's like, well, it's a pretty boring day of baseball or football. So yeah, um, that's true. luckily, actually, I picked. <laughs> I luckily picked the sport where you can go about by yourself. So uh, yeah. that was kind of it. Nice. Well, that that's a great way to get into it. Yeah, I think uh, that's one of the ways also as well too as they got into. It. I think seeing those guys play, you know, Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. I don't you don't hear a lot of people mention Penny Hardaway anymore, but mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway, mm-hmm. he was amazing, a great basketball player. Yep. I mentioned him. Yep. Yeah, like I say, a full dimensional player could could score if he had to, rebound if he had to. It was just he was an actual basketball player. I know a lot of people think, oh, you got to specialize in this or that. It's like, why not try and get good at everything so you can really help your team out? I never understood that concept. So, like I say, yeah. that's uh, one of my one of my idols, man. Yeah, that's true. I know, and it's too bad what happened to him. One of the biggest what if stories too of uh, our mm-hmm. our generation of watching basketball. Right, right. right. No question. So- yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so what? So when you played at Chino Hills, what was it? So what was it like? When when did you first make the varsity team, and how did you start to separate yourself from the competition? Uh, that's a funny story, man. I uh, actually I transferred into Chino Hills. So my first two years, I went to a local a school not too far from there called Diamond Bar High School. Um, and the story was, my parents we actually moved from Diamond Bar to Chino after my freshman year. 
and uh, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to go to Chino Hills. It wasn't like the Chino Hills now. Um, we had uh, Coach Bake, who actually coached the Ball Brothers. He was our assistant coach then. Um, and then, uh, like I say, my coach at the time, his name was Don Grant. So I met Don and um, really wanted to go. And at first I was kind of like, ah, I take that back. I don't know if I really want to go here. All my friends are at Diamond Bar. I'm going to start on varsity here. Like, I really don't want to, you know, go against the grain and have to start all over. So I ended up going back for my sophomore year. And uh, Diamond Bar, I kind of – I played a lot, but I, I kind of got docked from the coach because I went to play football. So he kind of didn't really, um, I guess, want me doing that. So I kind of came off the bench after starting all summer and kind of saw a little bit of the politics in it. And um, he was, like I say, actually the AD. He hired himself uh, to be the basketball coach. The coach before that was uh, – a, a guy named uh, Coach Watkins. He played for John Wooden at UCLA, won a national championship. So he's the person I really wanted to play for. He ended up stepping down right before I entered my freshman year. Um, so the Chino Hills thing kind of came as a I had to go to Chino Hills. My mom's job ended up moving, and uh, I had to go to the local school, which was Chino Hills, because she couldn't take me to Dunbar anymore. So um, my junior year, I ended up uh, – trying to get my eligibility from CIF and they denied me thinking I was just trying to transfer to go to the better school, which was Chino Hills. Um, the funny thing is, I, like I said, I didn't even really want to go there at first. So it was kind of like a punishment for me having to go there in a sense that I thought at the time. Um, but that junior year kind of really opened my eyes. Um, since I wasn't able to play or anything like that, I had to play JV. Um, it kind of made me realize how hard I had to work and how quickly this could all be taken away from me. Um, at 16, 15, I didn't understand, like, oh, why are these guys that have never seen me just taking away basketball from me? I'm, I'm not a bad kid or anything. I'm not in trouble or anything. I have to go to a school that I don't want to go to. So if I'm not getting basketball at the highest level, like, this is really going to hurt. This is going to be a horrible year for me. So um, I kind of just tried to, you know, just stay uh, level-headed. And um, Chino Hills did a great job of bringing me in. Like they said, they knew I should have been on the varsity team and playing at that level and it, had just come from that level. So they knew how hard it was for me. And, and some of my friends were even um, there for me. And I don't know that I'm out of it, I, like a little more than um, than I realized at the time. They were always checking on me, inviting me to do things with the varsity guys and, and making me practice with them all the time. So um, it was great, like I said, that junior year, just like I say, really figuring out myself. And then my senior year, um, I really had a mentality where I was, I was here to work hard. And we did pretty well. Uh, we were ranked the number one team in our division. I think it was like one double A at the time for CIF. Uh, made it to the semifinals, had a tough game at home that we ended up losing. Uh, but I'd say I, I, the Chino Hills career really got me ready for uh, for college as well. Like I say, my coach was, was tough and he was a realist. He uh, coached Ryan Hollins in high school and a bunch of other guys in Pasadena at Mir High School uh, before he got to Chino Hills. So, um, I can sit here and remember now just days where Grant would just get on my head and talk about how he had these tough guys and I looked just like him, but I didn't have the heart like him. And it would really, you know, burn a fire in me. I'd be like, all right, Grant, I'm going to show you. But um, like I say, him getting me prepared and, and challenging me in a way that I'd never been challenged before was something that really, like I say, got me uh, uh, ready to be the man I am today. And like I say, I owe him tenfold. And like I say, going to Chino Hills is probably one of the best decisions I've uh I probably ever made in my life. So um really happy that I ended up going there and learning the things that I did and um, just playing at that higher level of basketball that I always wanted to play at. 
Wow. So that really, uh, that really flipped everything for you right there. That made yeah. It- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole transfer situation, everything was just like, all right, click. This is how, uh, quickly this turns into a business and everything. So like I said, I got a taste of that at the young age and, uh, still loved it, man. Like I said, I still wanted to be in the gym all the time and get better constantly. Um, even like I say, still burns a fire in my, my, my heart today. It's just like, man, I remember when they took this away from me for a year. So, uh, let me go ahead and like say, try and make up for it in a, in a sense, but I don't want to be vengeful with it. It's just, you know, um, just more motivation on the plate. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that, that's, yeah. that's a great work ethic to start at a young age and that gets you, that got you to where, uh, where you are today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Definitely did. Definitely helped with, uh, fueling that fire. Yeah, definitely. And so how did you, so you ended up at um, Cal State Fullerton. How did you end up decided on them and what was your recruiting process like to get, to make that decision? Uh, my recruiting process was tough, man. Um, I never really played for the big name teams. I played for uh, um, the same travel team, basically from fourth grade all the way to my freshman year of high school. It was a team out of Norco. Um guys that I really loved and, and like I said, learned this game with and taught, we learned the fundamentals together. Uh, three of us ended up going D1 for basketball. Um, two more went to NAIA schools. Another one, another two went D1 for football. So um, we were really, like I said, a real good athletic group. And uh, when I transitioned into, like I said, the bigger circus, uh, uh, travel ball and stuff, my dad didn't really want me to play with a bigger team. It was more so he wanted me to make sure that I was learning how to play the right way. Um, so it was kind of like, a uh, awkward, not an awkward transition with travel ball, but it was, a um, kind of like an eye opener seeing how big of a business it was and seeing how it's good to be playing with the teams that are playing in front of the coaches and, um, all that. So my recruitment went pretty well. I would say, like I said, my junior going to my, my sophomore going to my junior, my junior going to my senior year. Um. I kind of got to a point where I was, you know, scoring 15 to 20 a game with my travel team. I was playing with a team called uh, the L.A. Rage um, with a couple of my guys from Orange County and Long Beach that uh, were put together that uh, were pretty good. And um, we went all over the place, man. We went to um, North Carolina for Bob Gibbons. We went to uh, Arkansas for the uh, All-Tail Real Deal uh, Tournament. Um, we were in Vegas like three or four times. So this is the first time where I really, you know, got to get on the national circuit and see teams and see different guys on the court. And I'm sitting there like, man, I'm really here at North Carolina for Bob Gibbons. Like, this is something I've seen on hoop mixtape and ball is life where John Wall and, and CJ Leslie are playing and guys are coming down. I'm like, okay, well, this is the tournament they made a name for themselves. And like, I got to do something. So, um, I played really well in those tournaments, had a couple teams calling and looking at me. Um, Big 12 schools, uh, a couple of SEC schools randomly calling, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, wow, I'm, I'm thinking I'm about to, you know, finally take off and, you know, start getting these big-time offers and stuff, and the big-time offers never really came. I, uh, like I say, didn't have that, that extra push to understand, like, hey, this is the business side of it. Now you have to go in and, and go be recruitable and call them as well and make sure that there's somebody in, in behind you that, you know, can – can push them on you and make sure that they're seeing the right person and seeing you and all your good game film and stuff. So um, I kind of didn't really promote myself as much. Uh, lost a couple of interests from there, co- a couple of coaching changes, guys went to bigger schools that were recruiting me. So um, 
kind of just how the business works out of it kind of got to me, I guess you say. Uh, didn't really know where my options were going to be after playing my senior year. I had a, a couple calls and talks with the coaches up at UC Riverside, um, a couple with UC Irvine, but like I say, it was still kind of just on that tweener spot where I hadn't been playing for that whole last year. And a lot of people wanted to see how I played and um, see me just be consistent. And I thought I did a good job of that. Um, Average, like I said, some pretty good numbers in high school, had some really good games. So um came down to, like I say, summertime, and I was really trying to figure it out and narrow down the options with my coach. And he was like, well, there's a, a spot at Fullerton. I mean, it's, it is D1, and I always expressed I wanted to play D1 basketball, and I, I really, really wanted a chance, and it didn't matter to me. Like, if I had to um, walk on and get my opportunity, then, you know, then I would. Like, I just really wanted to do it, so – um, after sitting there talking with my high school coach, he said, like I said, Fullerton has a spot open. I can call him for you. You can go down there. Um, I can call a couple of other schools around here locally and, and see what they want to offer you. And um, surprisingly, Fullerton was the only one that really got back to my coach. And like a, a quick man, if I go, yeah, we know who Chris is. Help me come down to um, a couple workouts or anything like that. And we'll see what we can do. We evaluate him with against our guys. And um, so that summer, I was basically driving down from Chino to Fullerton uh for open gyms and and little light practices they were doing little workouts and um uh, i guess i impressed the coaching staff enough they allowed me to like say join the team um gave me the option if i wanted to redshirt or not my first head coach his name was bob burton he uh was probably the coach i was closest to he uh and my three coaches that i had over there uh, but he really understood that i just wanted a chance and knew that i was going to work hard and um understood like I say my my game and what I needed to work on he was always chipping in and be like hey Chris you got to work on this you got to see this you got to see that like eventually you're going to get a chance but it's like I say it's going to take a while and um like I say he was the most honest with me and, and kept it like I say all the way 100 when I was sitting on a uh, the bench he, my freshman year when I was redshirting or gonna redshirt he even asked me before how you put me in a game almost I was like are you sure like do you want to redshirt like what do you want to do? It's like it's looking like I can get a lot of time in for you this year. I was like, I don't know, Coach Burton. I think I'll set out this year. He's like, Are you sure? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Okay, well, I understand, buddy. Like, I'm not gonna press you. And like I say, he was so really had that conversation with me on the bench during the game. Um, and then like I say, called me into his office and did the same. But um, really kind of just looked out for me the whole time I was I was there and got me um, accustomed to college. And he is another coach that got me ready for life. I mean, he was. Um, one of the most charismatic and energetic coaches and um uh, some would call him crazy but i know he just loved basketball so yeah. uh, like i say he definitely got me ready man it is if you can deal with him then you can deal with anybody in this world so real appreciative <laughs> to him too <laughs> real appreciative that's awesome so that's a that's an interesting story of how you mm -hmm. ended up there and you know i actually for someone that um who doesn't know about the recruiting side or anything i never knew that it was mm -hmm. a business things as well too mm -hmm. you know i think mm -hmm. it's also tough too for an 18 year old kid to mm -hmm. understand that aspect of too without any guidance mm -hmm. or someone being there with them mm -hmm. exactly like i say it's it's um it's kind of the thing where you got to have to have someone that's gone through it to understand it and i have um both my parents have been amazing like i say through this process my dad has had um, nephews that have, uh, were really good in high school and um, had potential to go get college uh, educations. They kind of just picked up the career paths and um, 
kind of fell away from basketball and just got other interests, but um, had a lot of talented people. And like I said, my dad's side, my mom's side is um, full of athletes. All her brothers were um, all city, all CIF quarterbacks. I have an uncle that played uh, baseball for the Dodgers and won a world series with them. So um, yeah, like I say, they, they definitely have, I've been around, like I say, the right pedigree and, and, um, successful people. So like I say, even when I didn't understand certain things and the lessons they've taught me, it's kind of just been like, Oh, well, we're going to teach you for later on in life when you get to this point or this point or how to talk in this manner or that manner to this person or that person or understand, Hey, there's business to be handled. Like, come on, Chris, tighten up. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I know this person's, uh, uh, you know, might own a company or something like that, you know, or if I know that, um, there's a potential coach or GM, you know, you always want to be aware of, of your surroundings and stuff like that. So I, I was pretty, uh, I say well-versed in, in being an athlete and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's nice that you had everyone, all those people around you to, you know, develop those skills. And I think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't come out with those skills that, and you're lucky mm-hmm. to have that, like you said, that pedigree to um, mm-hmm. grow up around that and have those people. That's also amazing that your family's just, pure athletes it sounds like everyone's an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know right it's yeah. funny man it's uh it's crazy actually we didn't even know I, one of my great aunts one day is like uh she comes up to me and she was like hey you know that uber kid i'm like i'm like uber I'm like the only uber i know is kelly uber. I'm like what are you talking about auntie she's like yeah him she's like you know we're related to him i'm like wait what are you talking about i've never seen him at any family cookouts or anything i guess somehow our uh, my grandma and his great grandma or sisters or somewhere down the line. So I'm like, why have I never seen this? I thought I was the only basketball player in the family. I thought I was the odd one out. They're like, oh no, they just grew up in a different part of the country. So I'm just like, oh okay, well I guess we do have some uh, basketball players in the family. Damn, yeah, so that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> you funny, man. No, nah, I never have, man. I I didn't like. It was funny that I uh, even said that because it's uh, there was one time we were actually in a gym together. I think this was out here in Orange County somewhere. It was just an open gym. And this is before they even told me. I think this was like he was right out of his rookie year or something like that, supposedly. I think if I was about right timeline. And I can say I had no idea about any of this. I'm sitting there just like, oh, it's just Kelly Oubre and Sammy Johnson here in the gym. All right, whatever. We're just about to play fives. And uh, – like I said, come to find out, they told me that like a year and a half later. So I was like, oh, wow. Well, ain't that something? <laughs> so weird. That's so crazy. Uh, right? I'm like, man, it's a small world, huh? So, yeah, it's super small world. Holy crap. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Yes, it is. Oh, man. So you played – so when you played at Cal State for Fullerton, um, mm-hmm. what was the life point in the Big West? I mean, you play against teams like UC Davis, uh, Miami, uh-huh. Cal, Cal mm-hmm. Poly. So what was, right, what right. was it like up in, in the Big West? Uh, the Big West is uh, – it's a different kind of conference, man. It's um, – I don't want to say it's wide open every year, but there's a formula to the Big West that not a lot of coaches have figured out, I would say, just from my perspective. Um, it's a very winnable conference. Like I say if you recruit well, you keep it on the West Coast, you get a couple transfers in that have been from a bigger conference. Um, that seems to be, like I say, the recipe to success. Uh, when I was there, we were pretty good, I want to say, my – sophomore year was probably the best year I had my redshirt freshman year um we had a couple guys transferring from Cal a couple guys from uh uh, a point guard from San Francisco that came in we had a lot of guys returning um I didn't really get any time playing that year uh we would say we were stacked but uh we were like say really really talented in a lot of different positions we had a good smart point guard we had scoring on the wings 
our forwards could score. We had two uh, six ten guys transferring from Missouri. Another six eleven guy come from Salt Lake uh, Community College. So wow. um, I thought that year we had, like I said, the formula. I'm sitting here looking around like, man, we actually like a college team this year. Like, this is what I expected. <laughs> like you know, last year our big guys are, are six 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 seven and. Um, I'm over here in the, the big guys group. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I belong there. I mean, just because I'm, I'm pretty tall. I mean, but these are, these are like the big forwards. Are, are we lacking size? So we finally had size. And um, we kind of, like I said, just didn't really uh, take advantage of that, I feel like, as a team. Like, we played well, but um, at the end of the year, we didn't really make the adjustments like other teams did uh, going into the Big West tournament to win. Um, so I think that's the, the main thing about the Big West is if you're hot in the regular season, you got to switch something up when you get to the, the, the conference tournament. Because like I say, everyone's seen you twice. Um, everyone's watched film on you and um, they know your weaknesses. They, they know what you can do well and they know what you can't do, uh, can't do well. So um, like I say, I, I think right now uh, Irvine has got that figured out to like a T. Um, Coach Turner's done a great job over there. I think he's, like I said, really figured out the whole league. Um, probably one of the longest tenure coaches there right now, too, in the Big West, if I'm not mistaken. He's probably up there with uh, Dan Munson, probably from Long Beach State, for the longest coach right now in the league. I think everybody else has had a couple of coaches switches since I've been there. Um, but, uh, like I said, the league is tough, man. A lot of guards um, – when I was there, were really, really good. Uh, two that stand out to me, probably Orlando Johnson and James Nunnally. Um, when they would come in, they played at Santa Barbara. And when they would come in, it was like a show. So I'm sitting there just, I don't want to say in awe, but I've seen Orlando and James do some crazy things on that court that I've never seen anyone else in the Big West do. So um, those guys have been back. To, I think they've won two or three, maybe two Big West championships, went to the NCAA tournament, now played in the league and are playing overseas. So, Wow. Um, they were really good. Uh, Long Beach was really good. They had Casper Ware on the team. Um, those guys were, like I say, a really good unit that played together for a while. Um, and like I say, that, that's basically, like I say, that, that was my tenure when I was there. Um, we had, a, like I say, every other team, we battled really hard. Uh, we would, like I say, most of the time we would win most of our series except for those two. Um, those are the teams that gave us real trouble. Like I say, it was the Irvines, the – uh, Santa Barbara's, the Long Beaches, just the tough games that we would fight out. Um, but like I said, that would probably be, I would say, the top of the league right now. Uh, every other team is kind of trying to really figure themselves out, coaching changes and um, different players coming in. Um, so like I said, that, that's kind of what the league is made of. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like it's a heavy, heavy guard play when you played back then. I do remember mm-hmm. Casper Cash- Cash- Ware um, mm-hmm. playing a lot. I remember he was, that was a lot of fun to watch him play. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was just a good player. <laughs> yeah, he can. Like I say, he's just, he's probably one of the strongest guards I've ever played against in my life. So um, <laughs> people see him and you know they think, oh, this is a little guy. It's like, no, this is the strongest little guy I've ever seen. So <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna get any any new tough baskets over him or any easy ones over him. So um, yeah, like I say, he was he was a good little competitor, man. He's he's great. Like I say, and that's why he's where he's the level he's at now. I think he's in Australia right now. Um, wow. I just saw him on Instagram. He's taken off. So, uh, I say definitely could be in the league still. If, if like I said, if he wanted to give him an opportunity, I'd say, I, I know for a fact that he's, uh, he's a real hard competitor, man. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's a hell of a confidence. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, man. Like I say, it's, uh, 
I love getting credit when credit is due, man. So, like I said, he's uh, one of the people that I should, I think should be in a in a jersey, man. So, just saying. Yeah. Hey, hopefully, hopefully he comes back. Maybe, maybe you're absolutely right. Hopefully, someone takes notice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely. Do you, That'd be a so, good look for him. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Do you? So, when you played um, in the Big West, did you have like a favorite game that you were a part of or played in, and uh, like a, a something memorable? Um, memorable game. Uh, sheesh. Um, yeah, I kind of just, I, I have different experiences. Um, the stuff that I always wanted to do and, and say I did when I got to college and um, like I always wanted to start in a game. So I, I remember my first start. Uh, I remember when I, I really started getting playing time and, and stuff like that. I remember my first college dunk. Um, that's probably one of my favorite memories I, I've ever had. So I, stuff that you, I kind of knew I could always do my whole life when I just started checking them off my list and doing that's kind of more um, it for me. I remember my freshman year, uh, we played at Arizona. Uh, this is my redshirt year. I know I wasn't playing, but I still, I always said I always wanted to go to Arizona and be there for a game and just experience it and see Lute Olsen and, and all that stuff. And, Unfortunately, like I say, Lou was done coaching by the time I got to college, but he was there at the game, and while we were warming up, he kind of walked by me and gave me a little head nod, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that's Lou Olsen. He just head nodded at me. Like, he acknowledged my presence. Like, it's crazy. That's and awesome. One of my teammates being like, you know, teammate was kind of like, hey, fuck up. I'm like, but it's Lou Olsen. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's uh, stuff like that is kind of what, what's more important to me. I went there. Um, we played against the University of Washington. I, I was always a, a big UW fan and Isaiah Thomas and um, seeing Quincy Poindexter and uh, all those guys up there. And like I say, just seeing how their runs win, I was a real big fan of them. And even for that, Brandon Roy was one of my favorite players ever. So playing at Washington and, and getting in there, was play, actually playing in that game was um, huge for me. That was big for my confidence. Uh, um I remember our homecoming games and stuff like that, or the games we would win and um, stuff like, like stuff like that is what really just stands out to me. I couldn't sit here and say I have one favorite moment because right now it's you know you kind of want to cherish all of the moments. Um, yeah. I say my my I couldn't even tell you, man. Off top, like I said I got a lot of memories, man. A lot of good stuff and, and things I accomplished. So I, I couldn't really narrow it down to one. Um, I guess I take that back. I guess I could say the dunk. The dunk was actually pretty nice. I like the dunk. I drove baseline and hit a dude in the chest and elevated and just slammed it on him. And I was like, "Wow, this is uh, I haven't done this in a while. Like this felt good, you know. Like I haven't been doing this since like high school, but you know, I finally got to college and yeah, I can do this. Like that was probably my my uh, one of my high my highlights, man. One of my most favorite moments. That's amazing. Do you remember who it was on or like uh, what team it was against? It was an exhibition game, so it wasn't even really a big game. It was just, like I say, just doing it was just like, all right, I'm back to being me now. And it was the year I finally started playing and finally getting my time. And I really spent a lot of time in the gym those those two summers before that, man. I was just constantly just working out and working out and, and trying to find an advantage and a way to get better. So um, I remember spending that whole summer, I was working at Costco for a little summer job. And they had me on cart crew, so I was remember just trying to stack as many carts as I could and pushing them up hills and down hills just to get my legs strong. And I was like, all right, well, if I got to sit here and, and get paid for it, then I'm going to make sure I'm the strongest guy out here in the cart since I'm not getting in the weight room as much. And if I got to do that, then cool. And, and just getting up there and 
um, letting that hard work pay off and doing that kind of stuff was just like, oh man, like this is all worth it. Like definitely, like I know it's unorthodox and it sounds crazy, but it's like, hey, I just helped my bounce this summer and got my legs right. So hey, thanks, carts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, that that was like I say probably one of my favorite moments. That's awesome. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah. and it, it sounds like you just overall too as well just had some, you know being in a division one college basketball, just those experiences that being, like you said, traveling the university of Arizona, university of Washington. It's a lot of experiences mm-hmm. that we people don't get to experience. And those are awesome memories to make. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like I say, I, I've seen the, the most of this country of just through basketball. So I'm forever thankful for that. Like I say, it's uh, I've been in, in Dean Smith center. I've seen uh, Cameron indoor when I was in high school and they took me there and then I get to college and, uh, I get to see the U of A. I get to go play USC and play Washington and play a Wichita State and and go to Texas and go to different places and see Montana and Wyoming, places I never thought I would even visit when I was a kid. I'm like, man, I never thought I was ever going to be in Billings, Montana here. It's it's kind of freezing and they got bears on these signs saying look out for the bears and stuff. I'm like, uh. <laughs> That's I'm from safe. California. We don't, yeah, we don't really have to look at bears and, and worry about that. So <laughs> I'm not going to walk down the street, you know, stuff like that. Um, just different experiences in life, man. Like I say, it's just, just great to, uh, to just see that stuff, man, and, and, and get an experience and get that rush and that feeling. So, um, like I say, it's indescribable to a point, but like I say, it's nothing I would never change for the world going through what I went through. Yeah, that that has to have been. I would have to say that has to be some great experiences, especially uh, watching out for bears in Montana. That's a pretty funny sign to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, something we don't man. see in Rhode Island uh, either. So. I feel you, man. I feel you. Like I said, it's, uh, it's a different world out there. So <laughs> <laughs> different. Uh, I can imagine. Um, so you go, and then once you graduate, you play for uh, California Domingo Hills. So what was your time like mm-hmm. there for um, your fifth year? Uh, Dominguez was different, man. It was, uh, uh, kind of a year where I kind of, um, told myself I really wanted to just focus on myself and hoop and, and get it ready for the next level. Um, I ended up graduating from Cal State Fullerton. I did, like I said, I did my four years and, um, was debating somewhere I, I could start my master's and just get the most playing time and, um, not really worry about the level was, like I said, I did four years of D1 and seeing what it was cracked up to be. and um kind of like I say wanted just a genuine opportunity and um to start over really uh like I said, get ready to be a pro and and really just focus and be close to my family um Dominguez Hills is is right next to it's actually in Carson um mm-hmm. and I actually grew up in Compton right the city next over my mom is from there so um my grandparents still lived out there well my grandpa at the time was still out there um and so I kind of didn't really want to leave him. He was getting older in age. I didn't want to go too far from home. And um, like I said, just really wanted to continue my education and career. So I picked Dominguez Hills and um, kind of just turned into a situation where it wasn't really um, the best of personal situations for me. I kind of got injured. I broke my hand. I ended up injuring my shoulder. Um, so I kind of didn't really even play the whole. I only played half the season there before I, I – uh, shut it down. Like I said, I had a partially um, torn labrum. I broke my hand in preseason. Um, so kind of just said I had like the mishaps of that stuff happening to me. Um, wow. Ended up not needing surgery or anything like that. So it was kind of just more of the rehab and get ready for uh, 
the next step and uh, making sure that I was good on the court and uh, making sure my body was good and healthy. Cause like I say, it's uh, when you get to that business side of, it, you got to make sure that your body is uh, in a one shape. Like I said, that's how you make your money. If you're not available, then like I say you're uh, kind of hurting the team. So I really focused on rehabbing and um, just getting myself right. And uh, that kind of led me into getting a really good, uh, probably the best mentor I have in my life right now. I ended up meeting him after that situation. And like I say, just uh, taking my time and rehabbing. Uh, I met uh, my guy, Dave Severance. He's the former player development coach with the Clippers. He's now a scout for them. Oh, but wow. uh, he's like I say, he's like I say, the other guy. In my, he's probably the third guy, fourth guy. Oh, um, a lot too in my basketball career. Uh, all of my coaches and my dad, but he uh, he just gave me a chance where I didn't think I was ever going to get a chance, man. Like I say, after going through the hand and the labrum, I had a friend on Twitter hit me up saying, hey, the Clippers are looking for interns for player development. I'm thinking, uh, sir, why not? So I kind of just I looked at the tweet at like 11 p.m., sent a message to Dave, and he actually answered me that night and was like, hey, send me your resume, and what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, uh, nothing, but here you go. And so I sent it over. And he said, yeah, can you come down to the Clippers facility in the morning? I said, sure, what time? 10 a.m. I got there early. Uh, and basically, I say, I, Dave is one of the um, biggest influences on, on basketball I have in my life now. Like, whenever Dave talks or says something I, I see on Twitter or um, on LinkedIn, I stop and I, I listen because, like I say, he is a true guru of player development and has the job that I want to get to eventually when I'm done playing and improving myself that I can play at the highest level and – can help other players get to that level and, and do everything like that. I can say that's uh, my end goal. But Dave uh, had me around uh, the pre-draft process where I was assisting and seeing college guys that I'd play against or guys that I'd see on ESPN coming in and getting their little pre-draft workouts in and stuff um, for basically that whole spring after I was at Dominguez. And uh, he uh, – one day, one guy didn't show up, so he ended up having me. He's like, hey, Chris, go ahead and hop in the pre-draft. And I was like, wait, seriously? He's like, yeah, hey, get your shoes in the trunk or hop in the workout. I said, okay. So I ran and got my shoes, signed my waiver and everything. They gave me some gear and stuff. And um, I actually, like I say, got to hop in an NBA pre-draft workout because of him. And uh, actually awesome. did really well, impressed the, the GMs and a couple of the people. And I'm like, wait, who's this guy? Like, why is he? He's always here. Like, is he, is he a pre-draft guy? Like, what's going on here? And then, I was telling him, no, I'm just an intern. And they're like, wow, you can actually hoop. Like, where'd you play at? So I'm sitting there talking to um, all their guys and just soaking up knowledge and their director of basketball operations. And um, all their scouts are kind of giving me interest now and everything. So they got me my first agent, uh, a guy based out of Chicago. And so, like I say, I, I owe a lot to Dave and just going through that process. And that's kind of where I transitioned to, into where I am now is just from that one experience and getting that workout. It turned into – me being allowed to spend the whole summer with them. I'm working out in the mornings with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and uh, Paul Pierce and DeAndre Jordan. And um, then I'm seeing other teams starting to come in. Cause like I say, Dave is really a guru. It's, it's the whole um, Toronto Raptors squad coming in and seeing them. And I kind of see how they, their progression has gone the last couple of years and how they won an NBA championship this past year. It's like, man, I remember when you guys a couple of years ago were sitting here grinding away in the Clippers facility and bringing your guys' whole bench unit and a couple starters in there so they could play together. And, um, 
just seeing how that, that transition has gone for them is like, wow, like Dave really knows what he's talking about. And, and um, kind of just, like I say, being around him was a, a blessing in disguise. I'm kind of glad I got to, you know, break my hand and tear my labor. Since it, it yeah. to that. But uh, um, yeah, that was kind of like I say, how the Dominguez transition, it wasn't long or anything, but it got me into um, the Clippers thing. And that really was, like I say, just the, the best experience for me. I get to meet my favorite point guard and, soak up game from him and have him answer my questions and um different stuff like that so it was it was amazing man that's one hell of an experience man i don't think a lot of people can even say that they've even touched the floor or uh play on the same floor as chris paul or blake griffin or any of those nba players all future hall of famers now you know and paul pierce exactly so that that's amazing it's it's funny how life works out like that so that's best great for you (laughs) Yeah, man, it, it it was a super eye-opening experience, man. I mean, like, even Doc Rivers would come down, and I would talk to him occasionally when he had time, or uh, Sam Cassell. Like, I, I would always be in Sam Cassell's ear asking him little things and showing, having him show me little different tricks and how to get open as a guard or how to see some things or how to guard in the post and get away with a couple things and coming off the screens. He taught me some of the best knowledge I even use today to teach my kids. I'm like, yo, this is just stuff that I had to listen to. Like, these are guys that have won championships and been in the league for 13, 14, 15 years. Like, I, I want to learn from them. So anytime they talked, I was listening. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was a great experience, man. I, I would trade it in for nothing in the world. Yeah, that's an amazing experience. Well, that's, that's awesome for you. So that must be uh, two numbers on what you're working on now and everything that you have going on. And, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. So what uh, now? Now that we're done with basketball career, so now what are you looking for to do now? And who, like, what? How old are the kids you're working with? Uh, right now I'm just working with younger kids. Uh, I'm not really trying to build like the whole program up yet because, like I say, I still am trying to play. So, like I say, I'm still in shape, still working um, daily. So, like, it's uh something that I want to start basically for my little cousin. Um, He's kind of like I say the the reason why I do it now. His dad unfortunately passed away earlier, uh, at an early age a couple of years ago. Um, to hear that. And he loves it. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. But he he loves basketball. Was a predominant high school coach out here in L.A. Um, went to Gonzaga, played with John Stockton, and went back to his high school and kind of built the program up. And uh, like I say, his he was really a real big mentor to me. He's probably another one of the guys that I owe a lot, probably the fifth guy that I owe a lot to with his basketball journey, just talking to him and um, picking his brain and, and hearing what he wanted for his son and how he wanted him to learn how to play basketball and uh, different things like that. So I always, like I say, I told myself that uh, as long as this little kid wants to learn and play hard, you know, I'm always going to be here for him. So uh, I like to stay in his age group. He's going to be playing 11U basketball this year. So um, it's a good practice when I have my own kids one day and uh, want to teach them the game and see how see how hard it is to get kids learn the fundamentals these days. And um, it's funny I talk to my dad about it now. I'm like, Dad, were we this uh, difficult to you know get to see certain things? He's like, Oh no, you guys are worse. It was, I'm like, Oh, you're funny. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny now to say that I, I'm back in travel ball and, and seeing what's going on in the game and seeing how kids always want to just shoot that deep ball and yeah um a lot of just the, the simplicity of the game is just is kind of being lost in in translation and i understand basketball is getting to be a super skillful sport it's not just drive or not just shooting you know kids can do everything but it's like there's a, a essence of, of that simplicity that that can't be ignored it's like 
players like Kawhi, who I've also had like spent summers with, and and seeing his routine and like the shot he hit against the Sixers going baseline, I'm like, I've seen Kawhi hit that shot every day at 5 a.m. like just warming up. Like it's nothing new. He doesn't do anything fancy. He just gets to his spots and, and shoots his shots that he can always make. So um, that essence of the game of, of kids going out and just practicing, or when I drive around neighborhoods, I'll look at parks and see what kids are. Um, working on their moves and it's occasionally I'll see a kid and his dad maybe or every blue moon you see a couple kids but it, it's not like a, how I was growing up where kids would sit here and team up from Friday and be like alright well we got this guy and this guy and this guy for Saturday and Sunday and we're going to this park and we're going to this gym and getting the runs in it's just um, a lot of that's being lost from the game where kids just work on their game constantly and play constantly it's that's turned into more travel ball games. And every weekend it's travel ball, travel ball, travel ball, practice, practice, practice. It's like yeah. you kind of don't all need that. You kind of need to take your lumps on an asphalt or, or some, some concrete, scrape your knee a couple of times and realize how hard it is to be like, ah, oh, okay, well, I got to cut on Thursday. But they said we're running it back on Friday. I'm going to put some hydrogen peroxide on this until mom put a band-aid. I'm good. Like those kind of days. Like, yeah. I don't know if kids are really like that anymore. So um, that toughness aspect of the game and, and just that grit that every kid used to have is kind of just, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's there as much anymore. It kind of seems like it's more for show for a lot of people, but it's like the kids really love this game. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I, I want to make sure that basketball doesn't lose. It's like, okay, well, you sat there and watched uh, Kyrie work on his, his crossover step back shots or whatever move he does. It's like kids take the their basketball and go outside and, and practice it the next day or do they sit at recess and be like, oh, no, I got to get a basketball so I can work on this before all the other kids take it and do the nonsense with it. Like, that's the kind of kid I was. It was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to elementary school. Or I got school today. I got to make sure I get a basketball. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go play one-on-17 basketball with all the other kids. Like, I want to work on my game so I can go sit here and and, you know, work on this for the weekend when I get back to travel ball or get back to NJP, like, like that kind of stuff. I know it, it's fun when you can sit here and go one on 20, but it's like, are you really getting better by doing that? But right. no, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm older now and I see all as, all aspects of it. And I've forgotten how fun it is to be a kid, but <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, no, uh, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I train kids too. Um, that particular mm-hmm. story, but I, also, I train basketball kids too, and I always – I literally just had this conversation, I think, on Saturday with someone saying that mm-hmm. kids don't do the things that we used to do where we'd get together, uh, get a squad together and just go play. Go play, yep. pick up all everywhere, all around town. Yep. Exactly. It's yeah. a lost art, man. I, uh, I I told my kids the other day, I was we had a tough practice and they weren't boxing out. I was like, hold on, guys, just bring it in. Um, like, When's the last time anybody climbed a tree or hopped the fence? So they all looked at me crazy and I was just like, Really, you guys haven't had to, you know, go outside and do any tough activities or scrape your knee or anything? It's like, okay, I see why we're not hitting each other for box outs and not going and grabbing the ball. We haven't been outside in the elements yet. We got to go play some football or something. This is this isn't it, guys. We got to get some toughness about it. So um, kids just being multi-sport athletes and, and understanding that they can, you know, go and hit a kid and, and get a rebound and be a little bit aggressive. It's like that's, that's lost in this game. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, just a different mentality that, that – kids are raised with where you got to be skillful and, and can do a dribble step back crossover euro step this and that but it's like okay well can you take a bump and get an and one can you take <laughs> some contact and, and rip through and and you know get to the free throw line or, or you know something like that or if it's a 50 50 ball are you going to be able to go nudge a kid a little bit and, and not make it blatant but then go be tough and die for the ball and keep it in bounds like 
that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know if kids think that is cool anymore, making cool, fancy, safe passes and um, stuff like that. I don't know if that's cool for kids anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly how you feel. I feel the same way. I like, it's literally just had it's like the same stuff I just said to someone. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe it was just old school mentality. I don't know if we would even call it old school mentality. But right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but, but it's so interesting. Then, all right, well, because I think that's it for me. I, you know, I, I honestly wish you the best of luck, man, because I, and I could actually talk about basketball with you all day because I, I think mm -hmm. like we're on the same page with everything. Um, literally, but, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I hope I can, A, have you on uh, again, and then, B, you know, I want I wish the best of luck for you for everything. You deserve the best, man. Um, I'm your biggest fan. I'm now one of your biggest fans, and I'm going to root for you so hard. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. That's a, that's a huge compliment right there. I've been uh, realizing that strangers just coming in my life recently have been giving me some of the – most inspirational and greatest talks lately. So I, I really thank you for having me on, man. And uh, love what you're doing here and giving guys a platform just to talk their stories out. Like I say, this is huge as a, as a communications major myself. Uh, I understand, like I say, how hard this grind is and um, trying to crack in this industry. So like I say, I, I commend you, man. And this is a great platform for um, other players or coaches or guys just like I say, trying to crack in. This is uh, excellent. Excellent little uh, podcast you got here, man. Would love to be back on again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have you back on. And I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, let's definitely keep in touch um, for everything for over the season. And, and, you know, and I'll, I'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Yes, sir. Like I say, you'll be one of the first people to know as soon as I get this deal, man. As soon as I figure it all out, you know. Uh, you're one of the first people. I'd love to do an interview again before that if that was the case or whenever that time comes, hopefully soon. So, oh, yeah, um, man. You can come right like on. Say, I, I would love to. Love to. Yeah, I'll make all the time in the world for you. So you and as you get that deal, just give me a call. We'll be we'll hop right back on. Sounds good, man. I appreciate that, man. All right. Well, Chris, you have a great rest of your night, and we'll be in touch. Sounds good. You too, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right. That was my interview with Chris. A great interview with Chris. I'm looking forward to having him on, and I'm looking forward to having him on when he has a pro contract because I know he's going to get it. Hardworking guy, passionate guy, loves the game of basketball. Awesome interview. I can't wait to have him on again. Um, that's it for today's episode. On Friday's episode, we are bringing on Juwan Morrow, a professional basketball player. Him and I talk about his college career, his pro career, and we also talk about, about podcasting and what it's like to be a podcaster. Juwan has his own podcasting. It's a lot of own podcast. It's a lot of fun to talk to him about that. And we're still in touch talking about podcasting. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will see you Friday.